Reader mail. Number 17. Hey, everybody. Thank you all for joining us for Reader Mail number 17. For those that don't know, this is an offshoot of Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast where we answer your guys' weekly questions on Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. Now, we are on our 17th episode. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Brett. Hi. And I'm, of course, I'm Saul Bridges. And we do have an important, very important announcement to get out of the way before we go far, far any farther. We normally record Reader Mail every two weeks. And, of course, they go live every two weeks. Due to some scheduling con- conflicts that I have personally, um, this doesn't really involve Brett at all, but with my work and stuff and my home life, I don't get to see uh, my wife or get to spend time with her a lot during the weeks, and there may be a potential for me to have a new job soon. So as of right now, episode 17 will be the last reader mail for the foreseeable future. There will still be episode 18 coming out eventually. If stuff doesn't work out with a job or whatever, I will come back to this and we can work something else out at home. But for now, it is going to be the last episode. We're going to get everybody's questions out of the way. So if you, you asked an ep- a question for episode 18, as I posted on Facebook, it will get answered today. Yes. And uh, we'll be nuking the Discord for reader mail submissions. <laughs> and uh, it'll be gone. And you guys will may see that before this goes live. But fear not, just because you guys are losing reader mail doesn't mean we have something else planned for you in terms of Patreon rewards. So we also record Dickish at Best every two weeks. And that is on the same day that me and Brett record Triangle Squared, which is on a Sunday. It's hard to release Triangle Squared early, er, I guess, than what you normally get it at. Because you normally get it within 24 hours of the next day. Yep. Dickish at Best, on the other hand, is a little bit of a different story. Dickish at Best, we record almost a full two weeks in advance of that episode. So from here on out, what we're going to be doing to kind of sweeten the pot for our Patreon, since this is going to be going away for now. And of course, once this does go away and come back, these Patreon rewards, I guess we could say, would stay. Yeah, So sure. Dickish at Best will now be available the Monday after we record. Right? Yeah. Okay. Making sure we didn't say Friday or something that I forgot. It'll be available the Monday after we record. So those people will be getting Dickish at Best every two weeks still, but you're going to be getting it a week earlier, a week and a half earlier than everybody else. Uh, Triangle Squared, on the other hand, can be uh, the, and this is audio. We're not going to release any of the videos early, to my knowledge, right? Or do you want to go, like, it's kind of hard to release the videos early with the, pro, the I'm product doing, processing and stuff. Well, I'm, I do video and audio for moving forward now. From everything I can tell, it works. Okay. So it's just a little weird. But Triangle Squared, you guys will also get it within 12 hours of it coming live onto YouTube is what we want. But like I said, due to us recording triangle square to the same day as Dickish at best, we record that first and then we record Dickish at best. So while it's processing and stuff and it's uploading, we're recording Dickish at best and then that's uploading. And we're going to try to get you guys that the same night. There may be some hitches involved and stuff like that where it could be a day or two delayed. That also is not always something that's in our hands. YouTube also doesn't like Triangle Squared at all. So sometimes we upload it and it just doesn't pop up for whatever reason or it gets hung up and uploading. In processing. And in processing, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, we, we've been talking about this too long. I don't know. It feels like we're, I know that we need to to an extent, yeah, but it to, also but feels. I, I just know, want everybody weird. to know that this has been fun for what we've done so far with Reader Mail. I've enjoyed it, uh, especially this being one of my things. And unfortunately, you know, if I do get this new job, then hey, we're, you may see a lot of other crazy things happen on this channel that we could do since I will be on a set schedule that's a normal schedule, getting off every day at five o'clock. So. 
look forward to that hopefully as i am and um hopefully we'll see you guys for some more production soon but as always we start off with facebook so brett why don't you go ahead and lead us into facebook because i don't have one so i don't know these questions at all these all are right. always blind questions the weirdest me. opening to a read mail yet um but the saddest opening all right, here we go. Mr. Josh Drago, who, you know what? I know he's just going to ask this one of these days anyway. Why don't I? And I can't remember. Was your answer that you don't care for turkey spaghetti really either? I've never had it. Okay. It doesn't sound great to me. It's not. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't figure it is. And I know that he's just yelling at whatever he's listening to this from right now. Uh-oh. But Josh, listen. Turkey spaghetti in any capacity that I've had it is not good. Is it turkey meat instead of ground beef? Yep. I don't know. I you can, don't think that it would have a massive difference? It totally does. In every does situation it taste like that Canadian I've had. Canadian bacon spaghetti or no, something? Not okay. at all. It, so it, what was his question? <laughs> is that his question? No. His question is instead of picking a game for game of the year, what game would you pick for lame of the year? Man. That's kind of hard for me to answer because I try to avoid bad games. And I, I don't really typically pick them up. Look. I have an answer, and don't me wrong, it, it hurts me to even answer this way, because I do enjoy the game, and I've got the platinum, and I enjoy it across the board. I enjoyed it recently when I just first played, but nothing could be stated from the fact that it's one of the biggest blunders of the year, regardless, uh, and it probably should have come out in a much better state. Actually, it for sure should have come out in a much better state. So my answer begrudgingly goes to Anthem. Actually, yes. Anthem. I forgot I even played that game. I played so little of it. That's that's where I learned. I still have Division Two, and I've never played it. And I really mean that. Yeah, here's the crazy thing: the Division Two is not the answer for this for me, but I did not like it near as much as Anthem. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing I, about it is that Anthem should have been received so much more, and it could have been if they would have done a couple of things differently. Honestly, if the game where it's at right now, yeah, is what it was when it launched, I think the game would have started on a lot better of a foot. But it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do. In this kind of game, you know, you gotta, you got Destiny Two and Warframe nipping at your heels. You gotta get out of the way. And if you if you launch badly against stuff like that, and especially Division, you know, as well, if you launch badly against competition like that, you're not gonna swim for long. See, and I think the Division Two being a little less. Honestly, the Division Two just feels like a. I, I much prefer the Division One. I heard that Division Two's launch was fantastic compared to what everybody was thinking it would be. Like it launched on a great foot. Oh, it did, but it was just. Here's what I say: I I didn't play Division, and I think you played it, but I don't remember when. I didn't play Division until pretty late in well, the game. Yeah, I played it. Um, I played it about a year before we did with Ryan. Okay, so anyway, with going into that, I got into that game so late. Uh, that the game was perfect to me. It had a lot of style, and I liked what it was going for, and the gameplay was fun. Uh, so I enjoyed that, and I thought that the world was really pretty. The way that the mission structure broke down was fun, and I actually thought the story was all right. Immediately going into two, I did not care about the story in the slightest. I tried and tried and tried, and I've never been more bored. I never, of, I never care about the story in the first one either. Yeah, I mean, don't get wrong. Of, I didn't, the environment. I didn't love it. But it, it was enough to me to be like, oh, okay, yeah, what's going on? That's still the best game to have ever done. Snow right. Oh, yeah, the snow is very pretty in that game. And I love just small stuff like walking into the thing and seeing it kind of melt on your shoulders. But look, that's the thing. I think that the second game kind of forsake, and maybe it was just because of the Switch and, and what was going on, but the second game feels a little less detail-oriented, which was a really cool thing about the first game. And it's one of the things that, as much as Anthem may have its problems, there's a lot of really small things that that Anthem has that the rest of the competition doesn't really have in terms of Division 2 and Destiny 2. And it's that minute players. detail that's really cool, <laughs> and also players. Yeah. Um, 
But you know that, that yeah. So begrudgingly, and I more say that because it's it's like that for a lot of people. It disappointed a lot of people and shook a lot of people's faith in the developer. Uh, even though a lot of people, I mean, there's always been a player base. It's just begrudgingly, I think it's the correct answer for me. Yeah, um, mine too. So much that I forgot that I played it. So I think that's the perfect answer. <laughs> All right. So uh, Josh, Mister Josh Hoop asked, "What '90s cartoon would you like to see made into a game now?" Doug. <sighs> That's pretty interesting, because uh, you know there's been some fun games, but some of them are so old. Like, do, do you did you ever play the Sega Genesis? And I, it was probably on the NES or SNES, as, uh, rather, uh, as well. But the Beavis and Butthead game? No, I uh, can't say that I did. Okay, it, it was interesting, but I loved it more as a kid because I knew what Beavis and Butthead was, and it was like one of my first games. But thinking more into games that were from, I mean, um, cartoons from the '90s that I think would lend themselves well to a gameplay effort it's hard to imagine something that really fits it's gonna sound crazy but i mean from a pure gameplay like what actually might have been kind of fun in a, a weird interesting way uh would be like powerpuff girls because what the show is about has enough of a basis to be a really fun game mechanically if you wanted to pull it off right uh, it's kind of like the idea of taking the avengers and making them into something now what are you doing? I'm looking at because I played a Rugrats game on PC way back in the day, and it was Rugrats the Movie Activity Challenge. See, and that's the thing; I don't, those are not even to me. They are games. I'm not trying to take away that from them, but they're not in the vein of what I feel like Josh is really asking. Though he could be just no, no. I'm just the board. it made me think of this game, and I was like, sure. I couldn't figure it out. I also played technically a cartoon. I no, not really, but like a really really good Toy Story. <gasps> I've game got it, and I, I got to make sure it's 90s because I think it's early 2000s. Let's see. I would I would definitely go with Doug though, where you can become Quail Man and stuff. It'd be fun, like a superhero game, but Doug done in its cartoon okay. style. Okay, that yeah, that would work. See, that's the bigger thing is like maybe you could do it like you know the episodes of uh, Rugrats where they kind of they were like the super babies. You could pull stuff like that out yeah. and make it work. But as a show across the board, Samurai Jack is what I was thinking. That's but I thought it was two thousand one. Yeah. I, I thought so, but I was like, if it's ninety nine, it's gonna count. Nah, I didn't think it was. That's definitely not ninety. Um, that came out the same time. Tsunami and stuff was. But going Samurai hard Jack with. would make a killer game. It would. First of all, <laughs> um, man, Did, didn't they already make one? A Samurai Jack game? No, they made an Afro Samurai game. No, no. I'm th- didn't they make a Samurai Jack PS two game? Maybe. But I don't mean like. I guess. Okay, and technically he didn't ask this, right? But in my mind, it's like if a cartoon was made into a game on the same level of like Spider-Man and Batman's adaptations, where they're very high-budget and good-looking games that play well. Samurai Jack, The Shadow of Aku for PS2 and GameCube. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it coming. I wonder what it played like. Probably not great. That's the question. Yeah, for a game that will publish. It was published by Sega. Now, here's the thing. I didn't actually think about this, and this picture did everything for me. Samurai Jack game, but the entire game is a Metroidvania. Yeah, you, you know, you know why I just thought of that because of Guacamelee. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, something like that maybe. Totally would work. That would be cool, but not a nineties cartoon. Not a nineties cartoon either way. Well, I'm trying to think of like most of the nineties cartoons were still like, or at least the ones I think of often are ones that are like right in that Hanna Barbera, really goofy. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Cow and Chicken. I don't know how you make that Cow and Chicken a into a, a compelling game. That would not be a good game. And then I think things like Invader Zim could work out, but two thousands, you know like what I mean? Snippy game. They made a South Park game, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and I mean, I guess South Park is is a nineties cartoon. Wasn't it well, South Park the movie, the game? Yeah, for it was on Nintendo sixty four. No, I I, actually, I think it was. 
It might have been, but I don't think it was. Uh, there was a game where you could like there were turkeys on the cover. It was a Nintendo sixty four game. One of them was like a head chef involved with it. Like maybe it was yeah. Chef Love Sack. No, it was, uh, it, was yeah, the, it was chocolatey balls for Chef. Chef's Love Sack was a Sega Dreamcast. Oh, game. Uh, that's not the game I'm thinking of though. And a Nintendo sixty four game. No, that's not the cover Look, I'm thinking here of. Here we go, South Park. The Nintendo 64 cover was them standing in the in the theme. Uh, yeah, that one right there on the left. That that's right just there. a South Park game. I actually did not realize that. Yeah. I uh, I saw it at Toys R Us. I'm very doubtful that it's good. I don't know, though. <laughs> Stick of Truth was pretty good. Well, Stick of Truth is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I guess technically that leads into it. But then again, see, Stick of Truth and even the you know fractured butthole <laughs> um, lead us exactly into the things of... It's, it's already the same. I don't think that a South Park game made in the mundane, normal South Park thing completely works. It's got to be wrapped up in the grander scheme of being part of something. Yeah. Stick of Truth is like, what if we took the idea of the, all the kids playing and with, made it into uh, an adventure? Yeah, as the as the old style stuff and made it into an adventure. Now that doesn't mean that normal South Park stuff doesn't still happen, but the whole game you're running under this guise of being the, the hero kid or whatever. Then that happens again the second time, but with a superhero setting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you almost need that. So I think you're right. And that, if you try and pull a cartoon like Doug and you say specifically let's do one thing like the quail boy thing let's go through that we're going to make a game all about quail that man. quail man whatever yeah. no, it's, it's, it would it's work important. I haven't watched Doug in a hot minute but I do know what you're talking about because it was very odd good old patty mayonnaise mm-hmm all right. that's a good question Facebook yeah it is alright let me roll up to the next two dead air gotta love it Got, yeah you know what dead air is the best it is also facebook making you scroll through questions is annoying but that's okay all right let's see uh Derek porter this is one that he asked what, what would have been episode 18 but he says the matrix movie is celebrating their 20th anniversary by having dolby cinema screenings this week do you think there's another movie that deserves the same upgraded theatrical screening um man yeah that's a hard question because titanic of- maybe for what it was back in back, I in can the see 90s. that because Titanic still holds up. Yeah, I mean it, it really it does. They've done this a lot. They've done this a good few times too. Sure, Not movies I really agree with or like I saw value in that it was worth it. But um, it's got to be a movie to me that that is a spectacle in some sense, yeah. and I think Titanic fits that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that's what I'm trying to think of is that like some of my favorite movies, especially from the era of the Matrix, or not even really era, but around the how old Matrix is and older movies. Like, one of mine, I've said it before, would be Shawshank Redemption. That wouldn't be a spectacle to see in a theater like this, though. See, I don't think I would care to watch it in a theater. Like, yeah. you know, I think that there's a real argument to be made of, like, hey, wouldn't you want a chance to see The Matrix again in theaters? That'd be kind of sweet. I got it. Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, Jurassic Park would be a killer film to read. Jurassic Park. Like this. Yeah, that'd be a great one. Uh, I was thinking... Or Alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I feel like there's a level of... Something about action movies... They have a large sense of scale and spectacle and it's suspense. You kind of need that. Yeah. And I feel like that's true. He did um, say Dolby Atmos uh, Theater, right? Yeah, he said oh, Dolby, yeah. Dolby Cinema screenings. Uh, okay. But in general, I mean, it's essentially re-releasing it with a theater experience that's that's enhanced from what it even was back in the day. Yeah, so picture um, and sound remastered to an extent. You know, there's movies that I love by like Stanley Kubrick. I mean, dude, I'd love to the see. The Shining would be really dope to see. The Actually, Shining would I'm be with Shining. I think that's a good one. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, which I wouldn't be surprised if it's already been done, actually. It's just a, it's a really cool movie that does a lot of interesting stuff in a time where that wasn't completely unheard of. You know what I mean? Well, The Shining would make even more sense because the sequel's coming out this year. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that'd be a good one. 
And I mean, it's just a dope movie. There's, I, don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorite. I've never read now. The Shining book, but I know that people always talk about the fact that um, the way that they wrote Jack Nicholson's character and that didn't I, quite match I know Stephen, the book. I know Stephen King did not like Stanley Kubrick after he was done with the movie. He did not like the movie at all. <laughs> Either so, way. It's a fantastic horror movie, though. If you've never seen it, go see it now. But I, okay, Don't I'll make get, the same mistake I did and miss out on it for so long. I will give you this, though. Jack Nicholson was a weird person to cast, and whether it was him or the way they wrote it, the, it does do the thing where the t- the typical thing I've heard is that in the book, when you're going through, it's like a guy who by all scenes is by all senses is normal, and then you see him over time losing his mind, whereas from the very beginning of the Shining movie, Jack Nicholson already looks like he's on edge. He's holding a playgirl. Like there's a scene in like the very in the first ten minutes yeah. of the movie, he's going in for the job interview, and he's holding a playgirl. Not a playboy, a playgirl. So I mean, in general, it's just a weird movie. Still a fantastic still a good ten movie. out of ten movie. Go yeah. see it. Definitely. Uh, okay, now this one I'm curious is what you're going to think because I have some thoughts after the most recent thing, uh, but we haven't really talked about it. Uh, Randy Heron says, does anyone else think Death Stranding is a game Kojima is putting out just to show people will buy anything with his name on it? You're basically a postman with a baby attached to his chest that gathers piss-covered mushrooms and takes naps. No thanks, Kojima. I'm not buying the Randy simulator. I like, yeah, I was going to say, I like how Randy, of all people, brought up Postman. I love you. <laughs> RJ, but Josh uh, would have worked too. <laughs> yeah, Josh would have worked too. But um, you know, I, I think that he just has like a really abstract mind, and it's almost like Junji Ito in a sense of like what he does with horror is like there's not many people in the world that can be that abstract with their mind, and Kojima's pretty. He doesn't care, so whatever he puts out there, he just puts out there. I don't. Here's- I don't think it's a test of any kind. I feel like this question is more of a joke, but and I, and I know too. it definitely is. But I think it still comes to the point of, and it brings up the bigger question, which I've always I've already thought. Me and Blake, um, one of our old patrons and good friends, yeah. we were talking about it, and after he ended up watching it randomly on Facebook, because you know he didn't really game anymore, uh, but he was rolling through Facebook. And he saw it, and he messaged me and says, "Hey, have you watched the new Death Stranding stuff?" I said, "I started to watch it, but didn't get to watch it all because I was at work." So I said, "Let me let me go check it out, and we can talk about it." And dude, I gotta agree. He's like, "I just he's like, I don't see the value in it from what they shown, and the what they showed at uh, Gamescom was not compelling in the slightest." You get a pee on a mushroom, or you get a pee and make a mushroom. But dude, well, apparently everybody that pees in the same spot, like something happens, mm. like the mushroom grows. But Maybe, but how it... We're going to see combat, apparently, at TGS. That's what they said. Don't it, wrong. Is what he told um, Jeff. But here's what they've done now. They went from showing stuff so cryptically and in a weird, interesting just way... To, just to show you what the game's really like. Just to do this. And this feels like this is the first time we're seeing a substantial part of the game without any kind of cuts. And it was boring as hell. Well, it's, it was it was weird. Right, like I mean, I'll give you that. It was weird, peeing, but and then it like, felt empty. Playing with the baby, it felt and awkward, pod. and it had the same problem that I all. And I actually say this as somebody who enjoys Kojima games. That is, it was true all the way back to even Metal Gear Solid Four. The games always, and I even said this before I watched it. He was like, it just, he goes, it just doesn't look. He goes, it looks rough, and I was like, well, I have to look. And and he ended up saying, yeah, that's part of it. Is that I don't know why. All of Kojima's things, whenever he animates people or any of his games of animation, weird. they look like they're walking with a stick up their ass. Yeah. Always. I, I, it's looked like that for so long. I am worried the game's going to be empty. 
And it, it yeah. looks fantastic in terms of like graphical fidelity. What, what kills me about that is that this space. is coming from a game like Horizon, which is full of life, be it robot life or little bugs and whatever it be. The trees being a dense population. It, it just looks, and I, part, I think part of it's just because of the part that they keep showing in the game looks like it's all part of the Greenland thing or Iceland rather. Yeah. Uh, but it's still to that point where you're looking and saying like, Nothing you're showing me is compelling outside of the people who just do that. Well, it's Kojima, so I trust him. And I'm still excited to see something about the game. But honestly, if that was the only thing I'd ever seen of the game, it would have entirely turned me off. On I, I could see that. But I, like, the reason I'm excited for it because I know Kojima's a weird dude. And like, I don't know. There's always, I always walk away from his games, and it's always been worth it. So it's a name I can fall back on and know well, that I'm all like. I was I'm, I'm with you all the way until Ground Zeroes and I, and even though I didn't beat five, it was enough to make me not even want to play five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ground Zeroes, but I know Ground Zero is kind of a demo, so it's hard to want to say that. It's also weird to put blame on there on him and Konami because we don't know what what was there. Well, not for Ground Zeroes. I mean, I guess Konami the whole game could have forced Ground Zeroes out, but I don't know. Because, you know, think about Ground Zeroes is it came on the back of a lot of people were thinking that they were doing Ground Zeroes to put out. Because do you remember how much it cost? It was way too bucks. much money. It was I think it was 30 at launch, but it was way too much money for what it was. I don't remember how much it was because you're going to buy it from me regardless <laughs> after the challenge. Yep. Yep. That's true. That's a that's a that's a dickish at best story there. <laughs> that is a dickish at best story. But in general, I just, you know, I, I could see that it gets to the point where I think a lot of people I'm not going to say a lot. It, it gets weird. There are people I know who love Kojima up until five, including me. And, and including Ground Zero. A lot of people were like, Ground Zero was already my starting point of being like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. And it's not, I mean, I don't know. It played okay. I didn't really just See, I love or it's hate one of it. the best stealth games ever. And it, it's not even a great Metal Gear Solid game. Now, five or, or Ground five. Zero? Okay. Because, I mean, Ground Zero, is, I guess, is technically part of five. But Yeah. But I think five is one of the greatest, greatest stealth games ever made. But I don't think it's a good Metal Gear Solid game. Like, and I stopped. I, I never think that, beat for five. For true. Yeah, for sure. I never beat five. I got to the part where you kill the Sahelanthropus, and I'm done with it. Yeah, you've always said that you, you beat it as far as you stopped where you felt like the ending should have been. Yep. Right? I killed Grayskull, and I was done. And I knew the ending at that point. And I was just like, <laughs> this is a cool ending. This is a, uh, it's a really fitting ending for Kojima. I'm done. I also think there's a good uh, comparison of Kojima to make to Christopher Nolan. There's so many people that no matter what Christopher Nolan movie or movie he makes, they will go sucking all kinds of dick for it. By the way, this is not a, a this is I meant to, <laughs> I forgot to say this is more of a let loose podcast. If you guys are watching with kids, I hope not. But um, this always has been for Reader Mail. But uh, yeah, like. I think that there's there is Christopher Nolan films I do not like. Oh no, one hundred percent. And I think I, this is this is very unpopular opinion. I do not like Interstellar. I thought I did not think that movie it. was good. Haven't watched it. That movie was like I forgot how long it was. Three plus hours. Is Interstellar the one with Sandra Bullock? No. Or is it the one with uh, that's, Matt Damon? That's, that's Gravity. Okay. Is it the one with Matt Damon? Technically. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's not in it much. Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure he's on the cover of the film. I don't think so. It's Matthew McConaughey you might be thinking of. I've never seen a cover of Interstellar with Matthew with with Matt Damon on there. It's always been Matthew McConaughey. No, it is. Never mind. But then okay, there's so many. I feel like this is a a, a trend that I'm tired of. Movies with one person alone in space with one other person to, to be fair. He had he had what's her name with him. The entire time, and Matt Damon. Uh, but my and, point, uh, but that's just my point being is that this whole lost in space thing is getting way overused. Diana Kendrick, what's that girl's name from uh, Dark Knight who played um, Selena Kyle? 
Oh God, um, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, yeah. But like, I think that there are, I think that there, are, there are critic or not critics, but there are these creators that people will hold up to a unholy degree. Kojima's one of them. Christopher Nolan's one of them. You got to just take it for what it is. I enjoy most of Kojima's works. I enjoy most of Christopher Nolan's works. I'm not going to defend them endlessly for no reason. Yeah, see, what gets weird about that is you're right, though. Even though that exists, a lot of the times, creators that are like that have earned it somewhere. Yeah, So and, I think and people play, people be like, oh, I played Metal Gear Solid 3, and that game is a masterpiece. Yeah, I'm, they I, both, that's all I needed. They both know? earned it from, from pretty much a objective and subjective spot there yeah sure you know they've they've created stuff that has laid groundwork for other stuff but it's just one of those things that's there i know people in real life that is like you know the dark knight will be the greatest film ever made ever and i'm like shut up it's, it's a, a good great movie, movie. It's, yeah. a, it's a 10 out of 10 it's not gonna it's gonna be topped one day if it hasn't already by a movie i've never seen and you know subjectively it could have been topped already for some people yeah was that our last one on Facebook? The last one on Facebook. Let's move on to our lonely Twitter on or our lonely question on Twitter. I was going to say what's on Twitter because I don't one. Just we one. have our good buddy No Fate always coming through. Oh the yeah, I actually Twitter. like this question. I do too. But Ironically, my- <laughs> he answers the question. He does one hundred percent. And I didn't even okay story for this real quick. I was uh, you know I woke up this morning and Twitter shows you stuff in your thing, but it doesn't show pictures attached. So I saw the question, was able to read but it in my notification it. bar, but I didn't see the pictures. On the way to work this morning, I was like, that's a good question. And I and the first two games that popped in my head, because I was like, well, he asked, does it improve it? Or does it, or one that you think improved it or one that you think it, um, hampered, whatever the word he used is. Yeah, but um, that wasn't later introduced. The game launched with it. Well, I think what it, from what I'm saying, and I think the reason he's saying it too there, and I don't know what he meant by it, but it's is a that series it? that never had it that was introduced oh, later okay, in the series' it. life. Good, because that opened up the question for me a little bit more. Yes. But, but what he did ask was he says, is there a franchise that later introduced co-op to a game that you thought enhanced slash hindered the experiences? If so, how? And he shows a picture of Resident Evil 5 and No Man's Sky. I was not a fan of Resident Evil 5. I think Resident Evil 5 is where, and it's actually going to come in, important for later i think resident evil 5 is where the series started to fall off for me a lot because resident evil 4 was one of my favorites on top of two um now at least but he did post another picture of no man's sky which of course everybody knows that what that game's been through with what it's added for the singular cost of 60 dollars, if you still own it this game has become a different game and it's become a dream of what everybody was hyping up in their mind to begin with throughout the the launch of the game so there's not another game though that a series even added co-op to that i thought man this is a lot better or worse it probably something that either went under my radar because it had it and i just don't remember what it was or it was something that i never even played ironically my two are are similar but real quick one of the things i want to capitalize on that you're talking about no man's sky is that I can't think of a single other game in existence. And and somebody tell me if they have another example of a game that's done exactly this. I cannot think of a single game that you bought at full price and at three years later in its lifetime, it has changed so many times I have a for the same for original price. And I mean no having to spend any other form of yeah, money. I was going to say I have a cheat answer for because this. Because the problem is things like Destiny. And and those service based games, but a lot of them are based around DLC that you buy. The only game I can think of that matches it, but not for sixty dollars. The only reason it's not there is because it doesn't exist in the price category. Is Warframe? Well, I was going to say Final Fantasy fourteen, just from the base game to Heavensward. <laughs> 
Technically, you're right because yeah. people who already owned the original 14 launch got Heavensward or they not did. Heavensward, but the and Realm they, Reborn for free. A Realm rather. Reborn, yeah. yeah. And it was that really cool, uh, like the couple of days before there was like that meteor in the sky that was the can- canonically going to come kill you. Yes, yes. That was really that was really well done. To be fair, that, but the, once again, you pay monthly for that, so technically yeah. you spend money uh, over time on it. Well, no, no. So when the game first launched, it was monthly, but after the first two months or so, the game was already doing so poorly that okay. anybody who owned the game could continue to play the game in perpetuity who already bought the game or anybody who wanted to buy the game could play no monthly charge until a realm reborn launched and when it launched that's when the subscription came back by the way speaking of like uh playing with friends and stuff you might want to go ahead and get a switch Lite because i did not know this if someone digitally downloads other games nintendo has a share play feature where you can literally just log into my account and play the game the same time i'm playing them at home on a different network for free so if i bought links uh links awakening you would have it too We'll have to talk and I more about everything that. Everything digitally. So. We'll have to talk more about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a feature they've actually implemented, and they they want you. It's like you know when back when you uh, on the DS. Then why not lower the price of your fucking games? Because people do this. Because, <laughs> this is this is so dumb. No, you're gonna tell me that you don't mind losing a complete sale so that someone can play your game just because it seems like a good idea, but you're not just gonna lower the damn cost of the game for people who may not have any friends. <laughs> I mean, this could also be a thing that they may not take. Here's the thing. I already was having a conversation about the Switch earlier with Seth because he started talking about the Switch Lite and I was like, I don't know that I'm getting one. And then he was he asked why. So, of course, I start going down all the reasons. Right and I was already kind of... I worked myself up then. I was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop. To be fair, though. They you would, saying they, that they completely fail, ruined they that. They would fail as a business, as a company, if they had every game where there's come out or games like that for 40 if if two people were playing it for 40 bucks, That essentially becomes $20. Oh, no. I get that. But just cut that damn feature and just let me buy the damn game for cheaper later on in life. I doubt, and I don't I mean doubt immediately. that's why the feature is, is there. <laughs> I don't mean that This is more like a family thing. Uh, whatever. For I multiple guess. switches in I'm a house. just saying that I'm, I'm angry. That's all it, I'm saying. And it's not, it's not something that you know, you're not really supposed to do. Hold on. Let me back up. Do. Let me back up. Yeah, let's go it's back. a great feature. It is. It's like it's like for the. I, PS. I'm not trying to crap on the feature. Yeah. I'm trying to crap on Nintendo for making a feature that's so good while simultaneously having such a terrible decision made in for, their pricing. For, for structure. the consumer, though, because it's good for a business, because people are gonna suck that game right on. That's up. true, and we uh, always talk about business as a business. What far, we, we burn down the forest from the trees. We burn way down. Uh, okay, so Resident Evil Five was one of the ones I thought about immediately when I got in the car this today. And what I mean by that is Resident Evil Five across the board was the game series as a whole going way more actiony than. It needed to and this is where it gets weird he says does it hinder the experience the thing about resident evil 5 is that ironically the game is actually a lot more fun as a co-op experience but it's not it's very similar to saul saying um that metagross solid 5 is not a good metagross solid game i feel that exact way about resident evil 5 uh it and it's funny that they're both fives and long-running franchises that both started on the playstation one essentially but when you're looking at that the problem completely with Resident Evil 5 being co-op is that the whole game being geared toward this action thing, the little bit of horror that's in it is completely sapped away when you suddenly have someone on your back. And now bridging off of that, a similar series that ended up following the same path as Resident Evil, sadly, starting as a very survival horror-driven game and then going more and more action as it went along, uh, Dead Space 3 is another one. The problem with Dead Space 3 is it was also a game that went way more action-oriented, though I would say less so than Resident Evil 5. Still had a little bit of horror going for it where, where it needed it. But the same problem introduced. The moment that you let someone else play with you, it's almost like, why put the feature in the game when as soon as someone goes into the feature, half of what makes you feel the way you feel in the game is gone. Part of what makes survival horror games feel so tense 
it's a feeling that you're alone. There's no one to fall back on. If you mess up, you're done. You know what I mean? It's like, as soon as someone else is with you, that tension is cut in half, if, if, if it's even there at all. Uh, so I, I definitely think that adding co-op to survival horror games, at least ones that are not solely built around the fact of having two people. And what would be interesting is if they found a way to make a co-op survival horror game that was done kind of in the way of like Portal 2's co-op. And what I mean by that is that it's not co-op that immediately has you two playing with each other so much as it has you two splitting off on paths of the world, going and doing different things by yourself, but having to do them so that you can affect the world for the other person in an interesting way. And that might be a way to help bring some of that tension back because when you're separate but still playing with somebody and relying on them for something, um, let's say it this way. You know that game, uh, you know that game, uh, what is it called? Um, it's not, it's what's, not, it, what's it play like? Uh, it's the one that a way out. The, yeah. Okay. So a co-op game that exists where everybody does their own things, but they see their own character's world as they go through, and they'll do sometimes completely different parts, and then sometimes they'll come together. If you can make a horror game, a survival horror game that was built from the ground up to be a co-op experience that completely relied on y'all doing things for each other separately, like that, that would be a great co-op experience for it because you'd have times where you felt completely alone and like. I don't know what's coming around. There's nobody that can help me, save me. I got to do this. I got to, you know, that would be a f- fantastic. But uh, yeah, No Man's Sky definitely is one that I think helps entirely. And it's probably the shining example of a series that I think introducing co op to made it that much better. I can't think of another game that added co op later or later in an entry in a series that I think helped it just immensely. Um, yeah, I think No Man's Sky is mine. A game that might be true, but I don't know because I haven't played it Dragon Quest Builders 2. I could see that being a more fun they experience co-op. Add co-op, yeah. Uh, but normally those types of games are already co-op because it's, it makes sense. Wasn't Minecraft at one point single player? Maybe, but I'm, I don't genuinely know. I'm pretty sure it was. I didn't play it until it wasn't, but you you might be right because Minecraft started kind of rocky, and I think you're right. It was a single player experience. I, something I never experienced. When it was so still an early access. Kinda, yeah. But thank you, Sean, for that question because you've always been there for us on Twitter. Hey, I have technically uh, one more question from him because I think he asked it kind of just, but I didn't answer it, and I want to see what he had to say about it. Oh, okay. So did you see, and we'll talk about it, of course, in the Triangle Squared episode proper, but uh, did you see that Telltale Games is coming back? Oh, yeah. So what he says is, with the announcement of Telltale Games Revival, I hope they offer positions to previous employees. First of all, uh, all of the previous employees, not all, but a lot of the previous employees are... Um, able to come back as freelancers for the time being, and then they are offering permanent positions back to certain people as much as possible. Uh, so that's first thing, which is pretty good. Don't rehire any of the management. That's why the place went down in the first place. But he says, work on a new engine, focus on more compelling stories where actions have serious consequences, and finally, give us a TTG, so Telltale Games, Dexter, or Sons of Anarchy game. Um, I think this one's pretty interesting. I d- what game, like, biggest thing for me that's exciting about it being back is I always was really, like, as soon as they announced The Wolf Among Us 2, uh, The Wolf Among Us Season 2, rather, I was like, hell yeah, The Wolf Among Us was amazing. But seeing them come back, one of the things that they they did a, a really well at was essentially just getting licenses for things and making games. Is there a series? I'm formulating a question out of this from you, uh, Mr. Sean. Uh, is there a series that you think that they haven't done that you'd like to see them make one? He nailed it. Dexter. I think the I, I think the premise behind Dexter works. Yeah, but what gets weird about Dexter? How do you make a Dexter extended universe game? Uh, you do it with uh, by cutting out season four, five, six, and seven, and uh, you just make it. Well, the well, okay, that's fair. 
because what I was going to say is the ending is part of it, but also it's just the fact that. Well, hold on. Technically, four. It would be after season four. Season four was bathtub, right? That was the finale. Oh, I thought it was. Was it three uh, or four? I think you're right. I think it was four. Trinity okay. Killer. I think it was yeah. four. Yeah. Okay. So we'll cut it there. And then Dexter finds well, it's, out. It's Ice Truck Killer, Bay Area Butcher, or whatever the. Bay Area thing. Butcher. Um, Who's season three then? Uh, it's the cop. And then the girl, the crazy art girl, season three. The one that stalks Dexter. Mm. Can't think of her name. Baby? No, that's not her name. I think you're right, though. But uh, yeah, I would love to see Dexter, and that'd be kind of cool. But maybe, maybe he decides he's going to stop being a lumberjack or whatever, and he starts going out and doing his thing again. Well, anything's possible, I guess. Either way, in spirit, even if it's not going to be something that you feel like has to continue with the show, if it's just them taking the idea of the deeply darkest Dexter or whatever the original book was called. Um, and doing that, I think that'd work. I think you can just give the general premise, and then what's cool is you can let him, you can, well, okay, how do you, I guess this is the question, what decision-making do you pull into that that adds weight? Because part weapon, of what's already on the way you do it. The good way, Lord. Yeah, you can do everything Killing simulator. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Dexter simulator. But then, but then you have to handle conversations with people out in like your your office. See, now and that stuff would be too. interesting. Is how you do things. It'd be great if they could do this, but this does seem like one of those gaming dreams, right? Is if you actually were essentially taking on the role of Dexter, and the game was complex enough that you had enough things to where the way that you determined your answers to people made them either suspicious of you, and if they were suspicious of you, about. they in, would come in, after in you. Your office, yeah, and then maybe you, there could be dialogue options where maybe Lee or whatever his name was in the doctor's office, he'd be suspicious. Yes. So then you might have somebody following you so you have to choose your actions differently something yes. like that yeah see that that would be pretty cool actually great answer i never watched sons of anarchy besides like a so, couple of weird episodes sons of anarchy is pretty good i actually want to rewatch that soon oh i gotta find out real quick i came off the boys though so that show is nowhere near as good as the boys dude i've got two episodes left of the boys i'm waiting for Corey. To, so i'm good. waiting for Corey to tell me what he thought about the season finale oh the skinner by the way the is skinner. season three yeah what does he look like i don't remember that name I'll just Google it real quick. By the way, game sharing works for both people playing the exact same title. However, the person who's not on the primary system, so you, you have to be connected to the internet at all times. Okay, that makes sense. Same, the, same as PlayStation. But you're home. So, yeah, yeah. Same as PlayStation. Yeah. So it's, but it, it does in fact work. So we could talk about that after. But cool. um, let's see. What, what, what would yours be? Hmm. Series of unfortunate events. I know that sounds kind of probably weird. But I love the I love it, and I think it's character rich. And one of the best things I think that they do is being able to make a character rich game, and they could even make it a little bit darker than the original books were. Because, like you know, um, I can't remember the name of the books that they were based off of, but um, the Wolf Among Us is based off of a book series I think called Fable. No, it's the uh, it's the fairy tales thing. Because um, he it was the uh, or it might be Fables of something. What? Well, I got to look and see what it is actually based off of because here the thing about it is the whole idea of the books is uh, the whole idea of the book. Yeah, okay. It's called the Fables comic. Book of Fables. That's what you're looking for. Bill Willingham's Fables comic book. Oh, series. no, that's that's a thing in the game. Here it is right here. Fables comic, uh, Legends Exile. Yeah, and it's, so anyway, it's, it's, it's like an just, adult version of like fairy tales. Exactly. I love the idea of that. And then what it does is t- it takes stories that everyone knows. So just do grim fairy tales. And makes them you know kind of dark and crazy. But I like the idea of doing that specifically within the world of um, 
series of unfortunate events and kind of letting you roll through because you have a story arc that you can mostly well, follow, Harris gonna kill everybody. but you can move around enough. I, mean, I actually really enjoyed the Netflix series. Um, but yeah, that'd be a cool one. I could see that. But I actually think the more we talked about it, Dexter is really compelling. Yeah, Dexter. I, 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 really I want to rewatch that show, but I don't want to waste my time. Let's see. Were any of their games ever rated M, though? Who? Uh, Wolf Among Us. Was it? I'm 99% sure. You go do that real quick while I check. Go ahead. Uh, while I start on Discord. Good old Oath Keeper, Oath Keeper Kiki. I'm just going to start calling you Kiki, Kiki. You know I do that anyways. But uh, he says, what do you want to see in the next Resident Evil game? Do you want the... Yeah, it was mature. Sorry. No problem. Do you want the hybrid formula from 4, which starts off scary, and then hiccups, and then transitions to action, or do you guys want a survival horror experience like Resident Evil 2 Remake? Resident Evil 2 Remake. However, you're forgetting Resident Evil 7. Yeah, see, I think Resident Evil 7 is really compelling. Yeah, Resident Evil 7 is what I honestly want to see again. Here's where I want to do it, though. You beat through the game of 7 like normal, and then you unlock third person as a playthrough. That would be really cool. Yeah. I It'd wanna... be really hard, though, because I feel like you'd technically be developing two games in a weird sense. Yeah, or maybe you go through third person first. It, whatever I, what I would think would be the scariest well, to go through you could. I guess again. They could build the game kind of like... Um, Kind of like Skyrim does, where you can, you know, are all the Elder Scrolls games where you can play in first person or third. But instead of having where you can click in between as you please, I'd rather it be two individual ways. So if you start a story uh, mode in third person, you stay in third person the entire time. Or if you start one in first person, you stay in first person the entire time. I think that'd be super cool. But I actually really love the first person take on Resident Evil. That's just a question of. It was a weird take for a lot of people, and and I think it was re- really inspired by the fact that. PT didn't really like PT without yeah, a lot of people. That's, that's definitely, especially in the first like hour, the phone the, rings the, and stuff. Yes, the, and the how the whole house being empty and yeah. living through it. Um, but yeah, I mean personally, if I mean if we're just going between the two things that you're doing, um, you know, do we want the hybrid formula from four or Resident Evil Two remake? I haven't got to play Resident Evil Two remake. It's good. I really, really want to. Good. I just I, I don't know when I, I got to buy it, and then I and then I have to just put it in the in the series of how the hell I'm going to play my backlog. Um, but I feel like I actually really love four. Now I'm not the thing to me about four is I think four is probably the up of what I've played, which is up through seven. Four is the best hybrid that, or I'm not gonna say hybrid, even though that's what he's saying. No, it was, but I guess hybrid is the way you say it. It was the it's most the best of both worlds. It, it still had a really gloomy horror aspect to it. And it was throughout thriller. the entire game. But it did start to up the ante with the action as you got further and further along. Wasn't a fan of the cutscene QTEs, though. They could have done yeah. that after the first time they did that because typically you're going to be sitting there watching the cutscene, then it scares you. Yes. They should have done that maybe once, maybe they twice. They wore their way. Yeah, I got you. They wore the welcome out the, by the first couple of times. Yeah, and then after you would. Like when you, Wesker goes to stab you and you've got to hit the button, it just gets yeah, stupid. Or it's every like, time why you am I even part of this? Which was like two, two, maybe three times. But yeah, Resident Evil 4 had <laughs> yeah. the best mixture of a thriller with third person action with puzzles too so now the only thing i don't want from four is that stupid as hell ashley ai everybody calls her stupid she was okay she was not as bad if you she did exactly what she was supposed to do except she'd get in your way sometimes that was the only thing and that was a limitation of its time but she could get grabbed that was the thing that yeah but now here's and i understand one thing is it ups the ante but the 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 problem is that AI is not good enough, so that she would put herself in situations that were obviously like, who would do that? You're and unless I just stay here and unload one on you, you're obviously gonna get caught because you put yourself in a bad situation. Did you ever get the Whereas, armor suit for her? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. You can get a full armor suit for her. She cannot be grabbed. But they'll try. It does not work. Huh. It's hilarious. Uh, but the thing for me is, like, as much as I know that it was made fun of, it aided the game in a lot of ways. And this is The Last of Us. They're talking about how Ellie could just run around and not be seen. But the thing is, is that AI is not very smart. Definitely, definitely companion AI. So yeah. they're going to do things that seem stupid. So instead, if if it's already going to seem stupid, like just why are you out. even hiding exactly where they're going to see you and come get you? Why not just let her run around and not be seen? But if you get seen, then you cause the chain of events. Yeah, that's true too. That's essentially what they need to do. And or and maybe as we go into PS5, as AI has more and more room, if they can, I think that Atreus had pretty good AI actually in God of War. So if they can continue to kind of expound on that then we can get to a point where maybe you can do a game where you have a kind of an escort style like Resident Evil 4 had, but the AI feels real in like somebody yeah. who would really be responding this way. Like, oh, hey, you're escorting me, but I can't do anything here. I need to actually hide somewhere where they're unlikely to find me. But then you also scale the enemy AI up. You make them more smart. Okay, we're going to look around. We're going to open doors and stuff. We're going to look for you. So take uh, take like some of the AI for the enemies looking for you in a game like Outlast or Alien Isolation. Pull those mechanics into the enemies and then pour and then pull better AI into the thing so that the characters play cat and mouse. Uh, the, the AI enemies and the AI, um, whatever you want to call them, uh, and then that way you get to be the thing of like, well, she's actually hiding in a real spot. And now I can kind of play this game of I've got to be smart and get to them before she get to the enemies before they get right. to her. You know, it gets annoying. SJW or SJW. What do I <laughs> We're going to play dude, tonight. Honestly, dude, if, if I play, genuinely say that all the time we, on accident. If we play with him tonight with Remnant, I'm going to bring that up like, yeah, I, I just got to know his real name. So then I could just. Stephen. Oh, that's right. How did I forget that? Stefan Swanland. Yeah. Okay, but Stefan says, uh, do you want the remake, Resident Evil 3 remake first? I don't want another Resident Evil remake until we get a new game. So I actually that's, agree with that. That's my remake rule of thumb, is that we don't get two remakes in a row. That's my thing. And, and I feel like that Pokemon set that in place for me. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah, every time. It feels time, good to play something completely new. Yeah. And, and then, then go, go back, back to, to something. It's like, something. Oh, something okay. that was now, like, and it's not always the same remakes. They've only done that twice. Or technically once. Well, what do you mean? Well, Fire Red and then Let's Go Pikachu. Eden. Oh, yes. So yes, it's never, yeah. they always, well, I guess technically they did do it twice. They did it with, um, they did it with that pair of games and they did it with Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. Oh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire were the first remakes of Alpha, of, 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 of I'm talking about the times they've done it. So they remade Gen 1 once and then they remade Gen 3 once. So they've done it twice. Well, yeah, but they've already remade Gen 1 with Fire Red and Leaf Green. Yeah, and they remade Gold and Silver too. Yeah, Soul Silver okay, Heart yeah. Gold. They've always done remakes, yeah, I, but they've always been. Where's a remake of Platinum? Well, the remakes of Platinum was the third game. The third games never get remakes. <laughs> Where's a remake of Diamond and, and uh, Now we Pearl. actually might see that. I know. I want to see that. Yeah, we might. With black and white. Uh, but I, don't get me wrong. I actually really love Resident Evil Three. It was the first Resident Evil game I ever played. Nemesis. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a remake, just like he says. I just want to see it after Resident Evil 8. Show me something new. Show me something yeah. interesting. Then go back and show me what you want to do there. Then the question is, do you want RE3 remake to be like RE2 remake with gameplay since they're similar games? Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 play very similarly. I thought you were talking about that was another question. I'm like, where do you see that No, I'm just saying like in general, I feel like RE3 remake would almost have to be RE2 level of done. I mean, yeah. like it had to be the same style because they're yeah, such similar games. Yeah, and that's it's a standard they set, so it has to be that good. That's true, yeah. All right, we got one from uh, Mr. Bobo May, which two, is Josh. Technically. Yeah, Actually, got, way, way more than two. Way more than that. He says, if you could take your family on a dream vacation, where would you go and what would you do? Japan. 
Japan. And then I would explore. Hey. Yeah. That's exactly it. Now, okay, for some reason, if I can't do Japan because Kyrie and Hannah, it's like there's multiple people. I mean, no more wrong. But it it's, a, it's your dream vacation. Well, that's true. I just mean barrier of entry. Uh, well, whatever. Barrier of entry in terms of it's that many more people that have a language barrier, that many more people that have to try and figure Japan's out. Japan's not that hard of, of a thing for, for language. It's not terrible. No, no, no. Not no like, a lot of people, they learn English as their second language like we learn Spanish. Sure. So I mean, that's, well, we're we're lucky in a weird way. A lot of countries learn English as a secondary language well, yeah. in school, and we, we, we don't. Just, we just stick with Spanish, which makes the most sense for where we live, at least. And then Well, we learn, now now in high school, we're required to learn a second language, but it's not until high school, whereas other people... They said that for the same thing and for French. You know what I remember? Remy. <laughs> I think that's rain. Yeah. Well, it's, I know un, deux, trois. <laughs> I know how to count in French a little bit. Uh, but anyway, um, let's see. Japan is definitely mine. Uh, now, what exactly we would do, the whole thing about Japan and why I want to go, and this sounds weird, it's kind of a cheat answer, what I would do would literally just do as much Japanese stuff as I could, culture in general, just so I can understand. I'd want to go, you know, you hear these stories of things that I love from a just a general way to live type of thing. Like, you know, people go to concerts. Good Lord. <laughs> way too loud. Uh, but, you know, people go to concerts. And, you know, when you go to a concert in America, definitely where we're from, all the concerts I've been to, uh, people act crazy and then you get done and there's drink cups and cigarettes and trash all over the floor you hear people talk about like in japan that's incredibly uncommon you know there'll be a concert and during the concert by all means uh you know it, it seems like a normal concert as much as you say but then when you leave nobody leaves a trash behind you know it's a respect thing no dude in japan like they don't have trash on they don't have trash cans on the sidewalks like you have to go find a trash can and you're you, you are expected to carry your trash with you if you yeah. go to a convenience store they're set up like honestly for anybody who's ever interested in going to japan go watch a youtube channel called abroad in japan okay. it's a guy who moved there um from somewhere in england he moved there as a teacher to become a uh, english to japan teacher or japanese teacher okay and yeah. he does he does multiple videos of what to do and what not to do when you visit japan okay like, yeah See, that would be good to do yeah for yeah purposes. like you've, you've seen people I th- and everybody's done it at one point in their lives when they take chopsticks out they like they do like that and like they sharpen the chopsticks or they do like that to like actually they just play with the chopsticks ah uh, yeah i could see that don't ever do that don't ever roll them in your hands like disrespectful this. yeah assuming. it's it's oh your chopsticks are woody and they have too many splinters it's like but they're not because most chopsticks don't have that problem anyway. Yeah, sure. So, but yeah, it, it, definitely Japan for the food, the culture, the nightlife, for a lot of things. Now, because I, I don't like our answers being exactly the same, I'd want to go to Italy. I think Italy is really cool. Mainly because of the Venice canals and stuff. It's weird thinking about having a city that's completely done in an area where you go through the majority of the city on a boat. On a boat. And I mean, well, I mean, or at least as the fastest way of, you know. I would probably go to Sweden. Sweden seems like it'd also be cool. I guess the whole thing about tra- vacations is, to me, any dream vacation is essentially going somewhere I've never been to before. Where did Hostel take place? Was that Sweden? Because I might change my answer. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, let's see. I think, I mean, let's see. Where did that take place? I know it was a foreign country, right? It was. Or was it Romania? It took place somewhere. The plot summary of Hostel. But uh, we'll go ahead and go ahead. Slovakia. Yeah. Okay. We'll go ahead and go on to one of his other questions. He has a list of what I'm going to assume are not quick fire, but quick answer questions. So where we may, we may answer somewhat quickly. We're not going to evolve into a story like we have been with the rest of these answers. Um, what is a genre of games that you did not like until you played a specific title? And that changed how you felt about that genre in completely. 
Man, it's a good question. It's a great question. Racing and Forza. Really? Yeah. So you didn't like racing at all until Forza, or or do you mean specifically sim racing and Forza? Because I like Need for Speed. Sure. Let's see. Because that's the only one I could think of that I I've never really disliked a, a like a, a, a genre of games at all. Maybe fighting is the one that I care for the least, but I still sure. I still don't mind fighting. Sure. But simulation games are like the devil. Well, see, this gets into a weird area because you know technically the t- the the wording of adventure games adventure games have never been something I care for like you know uh, the the what is that Escape from Monkey Island or whatever the names of those games are called um, but you know games like uh, the Day of the Tentacle I think you just made that up on top of your head that's a point and click yeah it's an adventure game it's a point and click adventure that's a yeah but it's different than an action adventure no or- no no that's, I, and that's why I very specifically did not say action adventure I mean an adventure game. Though I, you know, genres are so hard to I go like through these days. From the tentacle, thank you. I got the platinum. I know Escape you did. from the tentacle. Days of tentacle. Is day t- of the tentacle. Escape from the tentacle sounds like the something secret entirely. of Monkey Island is a game I was thinking of. There is an um, Escape from Monkey Island. Hey, look at that! It's probably a sequel to the Secret of Monkey Island. Probably so. It looks like a point and click game too. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Uh, but that gets weird, right? You go through these, and when you're thinking about like, see, look right here. Just out of curiosity, I decided to look it up. Uh, an adventure video game is a video game in which player assumes the role of a protagonist in an interactive story driven by exploration and puzzle solving. Now, here's what gets weird. Maybe you mean classical adventure games. Because now that that's pretty much that's pretty much almost any game that comes out. Well, see, but it's a game that focuses on that. So, like, one of the ways I mean that is, like, um, games like Indigo Prophecy, Heavy Rain, uh, and Detroit Become Human are adventure games. But... Because of a lot of the ways that they're made is so different. I don't like that term now. That term just doesn't make sense to me. What, like, adventure game? Yeah, because I think of adventure meaning grand or sca- like something large of scale. Well, or- and I think when you like, you know, I could, well, okay, I, but that's kind of, I, I get what you mean, but I think that what they're meaning is like, you're going on an adventure with someone else and it's more involved than just like, well, you're just going to go kill these people. Because it's like the adventure is like the grand. Okay, it's kind of like be an adventure for some people. Well, okay, it's kind of like what I mean about like when I talk about and I, we weren't supposed to go in the stories, but this could be the only. I know that's I was just thinking about, <laughs> but like could, it is real quick. It's part of the reason one. I love RuneScape so much is that RuneScape does a thing where their quest structure is not just hey go kill this or go kill this many things, and maybe there's a story reason as to why you're doing it, but essentially the majority quest. of the game is killing stuff or going to get an item. Yeah, instead. RuneScape has tons of quests where you don't do any kind of killing. It's all about talking to people, figuring things out, puzzle solving, literally going into rooms and be like, what can I do? What can I interact with? Going to talk to seven prostitutes to find Dandelion. (laughs) Or Dandelion. (laughs) Dandelion. But yeah, no. So that, but that's what I mean is that I love that so much because like even some of the best quests on RuneScape, like uh, Monkey Island, uh, uh, ironically enough, uh, takes place on Apatol and all these things, but you go through, um, or Monkey Madness, sorry, is the name of the quest. Uh, But it's got like combat parts that you need to solve, puzzle solving you need to solve, you need to do. There's like, you know, it goes as much as you go to a hidden temple and you look at this thing and you've got to do this like puzzle that's set up and it's like a, one of those slide block puzzles, but it's really intricate and you've got to go through and, uh, and play it. And there's something about that where it feels like it's more 
adventurous. It feels like the idea, kind of like how some people are like, well, I want to be a pirate because the idea of a pirate is not that you're just sailing all day. It's like, well, you're selling the hidden islands and finding treasures and hidden caves and seeking out things that no one else has ever seen. It's a sense of adventure. And a lot of games don't do that very well. But I think action adventure as a genre makes sense because games like Uncharted play that off pretty well. Yeah. But they are still just as much oriented in the action department where I think is when it's adventure game only, there's really not combat involved. It's not really meant for that. It's more about the choices that you're making and the things you're learning and figure out. So I would say that I'd never cared for the idea of adventure games ever, any of the traditional ones. And maybe it's because the genre bends slightly that happens, but heavy rain was the first time I played a game at all like that. That just got to me. And I was like, I get it. And I like it. It makes sense. So, and then the next one that doesn't require a 10 hour backstory. <laughs> yeah. Is there a band or style? This is actually really easy for me too. Is there a band or style of music that you hated growing up or heavily disliked? And it, all it took was the right person to show you the right song and that changed how you felt about that right away. No. And I'm going to say that just because I think I grew up in the nineties, that almost every genre of music was covered by something that went famous back then. And it was something that as a kid, obviously liked to listen to backstreet boys covered pop Eiffel 65 covered electric with Daft Punk. Uh, Lamb of God covered metal. Slipknot covered metal. Uh, Eminem covered rap. You know, stuff like that. Linkin Park covered new metal or whatever. You know, cult, there's all kinds of things like uh, Breaking Benjamin and stuff. Like, I I think I had pretty much every genre of music on lock when I was younger. I don't think there was anything when I hated. I mean, I guess that it could be there's a little deep that, into it. There's like ones that I warmed up more to, but I'll say this. As far as heavily disliked that I still don't really care for, is this, if I'm being honest, country music has never sat with me. And maybe, I still liked some, like, maybe that's because no one's ever shown me the right country. I, and I, I mean, it gets weird, right? Because it comes down to more like modern country. But I haven't liked country. Like, when Grandpa would listen to like Hank uh, Williams and stuff like that, I could kind of dig it the, a little bit. Like I understood it. You might like, or you might enjoy more. But like Brooks and Dunn, and uh, oddly enough. Uh, the other Dunn who isn't on that one. Why can't Ryan Dunn? Name. No. <laughs> um, or Garth Brooks. Sorry, Garth Brooks. Brooks. Garth Brooks is not part of Brooks and Dunn, uh, weirdly enough. But Brooks and Dunn, Garth Brooks, people like, um, I can't even think of Keith Urban and all these yeah, people. Yeah, it's, like, it's stadium it, it, Yeah, it's stadium country that's been going on since early 90s, and I, I've never cared for it. It's not really early 90s. They, they, they've changed their tune since then because I used to uh, like some country music. I mean, they definitely have, but, but I mean, it's been in some form of that. I would for a say long try to listen point. to, if you're going to try to listen to any country music that's older, listen to older George Strait. Yeah, I've heard George Strait. I don't hate it. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's true. Don't like that's it. That's like but, what I consider true country But I do consider it to be country true music. country. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Growing up with my dad, he loved that stuff. Uh, how many licks do you think it takes to get to the center roll of a Tootsie Pop? I've actually, I gave up doing this one time, but I was like... 10 or 11 and it was when those commercials were coming out through like the late 90s early 2000s <laughs> that I, fucking owl dude I tried I fell asleep trying to do I used it. to get mad at that owl <laughs> I, I hated those commercials but I was like I'm gonna answer this question it was like it was long enough after Halloween that I still had some candy but longer enough that I had all the bad candy and I'd never really liked Tootsie Pops because oh, okay. Blow Pops were the, the best but um, though the gum and blow pops is like terrible after ten minutes. It is, but getting there, like the flavors of blow pops are the best. But uh, and I tried it. I think I got to like sixty or something, and I fell asleep. Like I literally fell asleep doing it. And here's I, the thing: it stu- it, I had a white shirt on, and it was a brown titty pop, and it stuck to my shirt. And I think Ruined. I had to throw that shirt away. Yeah. Um, 
Here's the thing about that question. Oh, no, I did. That's a dumb. Hold on. I'm sorry. I did not throw that shirt away. My mom woke me up to go grocery shopping, and when we would go grocery shopping, uh, it was we would go early in the morning, like at 9 a.m. at the earliest or Ooh, at the latest. Good Lord. And, yeah. Uh, and as a kid, you know, I had to wake up at 6 a.m. and my dad would take me to my mom's because he had to go to work. And then I would go in there and I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up, play Game Boy or whatever, go grocery shopping, and then go try to hang out with neighborhood friends around 10 or 11. I remember <clears throat> we woke up and she's like, hey, wake up. We're going to go grocery shopping. And I was like, okay. And I had the, the Tootsie Pop to my shirt and I yanked it off. And there was a big brown like circle almost. And I was like, eh, I'll just turn my shirt inside out. That did not work. I thought it did until we were playing in the arcade at Walmart. And that's what me and Seth used to do all the time was go to the arcade at Walmart. And I'm like, oh. I can still see this big old brown spot on my shirt. I really thought that for whatever reason, turning a white t-shirt inside out was the answer. <laughs> it was not. Um, what I hate about that question is that doesn't it completely differ on the size of your tongue, the amount of saliva your tongue has on it? Yeah, it's, it's a marketing With question. each lick? I think, I think Josh, he doesn't work with the post office. He works with... But uh, I, I got the answer. You ready? 69... <laughs> Why do you think men and women are so different when it comes to meeting new people? My wife says when she meets another woman, she doesn't like her until that she could build the trust. I find a guy I meet I have no issues with. I have no issues with until they do something and break that trust. So that's an interesting question. Dude, real talk? I think that's just an instinctive thing. Like, it's easier for guys to get together than it is for girls to get together. You want to know why I think it is? And don't be wrong. I just, I try and figure this out too. And it could be just a person by person basis. But most of the women I've had interactions with in my life have been this similar way. And I've had multiples of them tell me the same thing, which is that it takes them a lot longer to be good friends with people because the one sentence I hear out of them almost all the time is uh, other girls are just gossipy. And all these things, it's like, Every time she's like, well, girls are just assholes. They're mean to each other. You know, they, they say stuff behind each other's back and they're gossiping and they're just, it's hard to be friends with some of them. And it's a weird sentence for me to say, and don't wrong. I don't know the answer, but it, part of me wonders if it goes back to, cause you know, there's so many things that we still do as people that come from just completely evolutionary things. And I could see it being, um, the idea being that women are a little more, they immediately distrust because it means that, you know, the typical role woman comes out, she's a mother. Motherly instincts that are going to automatically start to wash over them is like, be weary of people because they can hurt you and they can hurt your children. And I think sometimes that goes into it to account. It's like hormones come into play that may be motherly. And I, <laughs> this is completely off the top of my head. I don't know. This could be coming out of my ass. But I can see that. I will say that there's been multiple dudes I've met before and I'm like, I don't trust that guy. Okay. Well, now that's another thing I will say too. I do agree with him for the most part. 99 times out of 100 if i see somebody and you've never done anything to me i am perfectly cool with you yeah every now Unless and you then, give off a vibe or something i'm just like you see that person though and something about the way they're going does make you go huh but yeah the, it's sketchy i think what he's saying is that as far as he can tell in the experiences he's had and i agree with the experiences i've, I've had uh men are far more likely to meet another man and just be and eh, i'm fine with you got no problem with you i even cory cory like first time we met gave a hug and like i can't remember because my memory like for whatever reason the first time two times we hung out with cory the first time we met cory was that the same that was the same day that me and him drove your wife's car to pick you up because you had a flat tire wasn't it? yes yeah dude Within like 15 minutes of hanging out, we were driving Brett's wife's car to go pick up Brett at the car dealership. And you'd never we met this man never before. Never had him. Yeah, it was a blast. But there have been dudes that I've met where I'm like, I thought they may have had ulterior motives than just wanting to be friends. Sure. Like they, they, they were trying to maybe find, like use me for something. Which or is like, good. 
instincts yeah. like that are good to follow. But I think sometimes I know my wife, she's more skittish of people. And I think it's because of that same thing where she's just like, be weary of what they can do. And you know what yeah. may even be part of that? And this is no joke. Maybe that comes down all the way to the fact that men are kind of fucking nuts sometimes. I definitely when it comes to women. And maybe they just have that natural instinct because if they don't have that and they're not weary of these people, they can get the shit beat out of them by somebody being crazy. Yeah, Who that's knows? true. Who knows? I genuinely don't. But I like this next question. <clears throat> he says, what is it about your wives that you love so much? Have you thanked them lately? Got them flowers or something to show you that you care. My challenge for you is to go really go above and beyond this evening to make your wives feel extra loved. That's nice. It is nice. I cannot go above and beyond this evening to make my wife feel extra loved because I would be getting home when she is going to bed. So so what I'm doing to go above and beyond is to uh, put this show on hold so I can spend more time with her. So that's Look at something that, that Saul I answered the question at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I, that's something that I am doing. And, you know, I know some people are going to be sad about it, but I had to take care of family before, you know, I take care of even myself. So I, I just, that's what I'm doing to make sure that I have time to spend with her. But, uh, what's it about her that you love so much? Everything. Like it's one of those things. Correct like, answer. Yeah. What I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that like, even when we get mad, you know, the way we resolve arguments and stuff is, is something that is not something I could do with someone else. Oh yeah. And definitely. Uh, I haven't, I mean, I've thanked her lately for normal things, but like, I am not really the kind of like go off the cusp romantic person, um, kind of person like that. Like I'm not going to like, I used to be, and it might just be with like where I am in life right now that I, I kind of haven't been, but I do, or I have thought about doing something, and she watches these too, so she's a little known now, but like I have thought about doing something like flowers and stuff to send to her as well, but where she works is a very complicated place to send Very, orders. very so complicated. I don't know where to do that, and I can't find out at, without ruining the surprise, so, Brett. I got, we can talk about it after, off camera. Anna, you can't find out the secrets. Um. <laughs> she just sent me this picture. She just sent me a picture of a cat yelling out a window and the and the uh and the caption is father I crave violence. Uh I you know what I love about my wife so much is that she doesn't mind one hundred percent I mean, don't worry, I love this is this most recent thing that comes to mind. She lets me do these things completely and with no real backlash. I cannot think of the last time that I once have said, Hey what, what are these things? The whole show, oh, well, going out when I, when I was in a band, you know what I yeah. mean. And it's like There's when I was no, doing band stuff for the most. I mean, really, there was no time where she was immediately like, "No, she's pretty damn supportive." And unless something weird's going on, where like, "Hey, I, I literally can't watch Kyrie because this is going on." Yeah, like something serious. And there's no backlash for me on my end. Yeah, yeah, it's, and I don't, it's, I don't think it's there more is. of my personal decision. Yeah, sure. It's because I, you know, we have such weird schedules that if I get off work at four, and she gets off work at four. We have four hours together before she has to go back to sleep. Sure. And if I if I'm doing this, I mean she's gonna be in bed and asleep by the time I get home. And if I get off work at ten, she's asleep. And I did I wouldn't have even seen her that day because sure. she gets up so early, I'm sleeping when she leaves to go to work. Then when you know she gets home, I'm at work and then I don't see her at all. Like at all. Yeah. So which see, and that's you have that end of the extreme, and then I have the end where I have a much more normal schedule. I mean, Hannah's schedules line up. Yeah. But when I do things like this, where I could see there being backlash, but thankfully there really hasn't been, is that she ends up having to watch Kyrie by herself. Y'all don't have a kid, so at least yeah, there's that. True. You know, thankfully it's not one of y'all constantly being stuck with the other. That's and, true. You know, I love my kid, but it is nice to have somebody else there to support you, or even get a chance to get a break. And that's not something I can fully understand until something like that happens. But if I wanted to say something that's always been, I mean, she's always been supportive. I guess there's that. 
that. Uh, but you know what? She's she's got a good sense of comedy that just right up my alley. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like we can do the dumb jokes toward each other, and she laughs and does the you know you know the the I hate you, which is really that I love you. Like when you do something, they're like, I hate you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, but there's that. Uh, as far as thanking them lately, I think your last night. Um, she cooked a really good like jambalaya style meal that was like you know seasoned rice with some hot sausage and bell peppers and whatnot. Yeah, delicious. Thanked her for that. Um, and you know what? That's a good thing to do. Now here's the weird oh, thing absolutely. for me. I don't buy flowers, and we actually had this conversation with her mom the other day. Um, flowers go right into the same idea of where I feel about. Actually, it's not right into it. It's actually even worse because they just literally die. Um, is kind of like tattoos. It's just like you're spending money on something, and I don't begrudge other people for doing it. Just for me, I'm spending money on something that doesn't fully live, and it's just going to die eventually. And it just seems like a waste when I could buy her something she really needs, or give her money for something that is. Whatever her gratification is, you know, think about buying somebody food is that maybe it's not the best food for them, but they still technically have to have food to survive. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, in a way you can kind of justify it. It's like, you know, I can spend a ridiculous amount of money on food, but at the end of the day, I needed that food. So it kind of works out. Uh, but she understands that. And thankfully she doesn't really mind. Uh, we've talked about before. She, you know, hasn't minded, you know, she's, well, it'd be nice if you got me something like that. But instead I just do things like, you know, we used to do jewelry every now and then and kind of be nice to give her something like that. Yeah, but I try, and, I try and surprise her. My thing that I try and do for her in terms of just to show that I care is small things randomly. And like every now and then I'll just go to Ulta and get her like a gift card because she buys makeup from there a lot. And constantly she's having to spend her own money there normally. So kind of doing that and just going, Hey, here you go. is like, now she gets to go do all that without having to worry about it coming out of her own pocket. Yeah, and like we don't, we, we it's rare that we actually do that for each other, like in terms of buying each other gifts. But what's funny is that our gifts aren't gifts; it's food. Like, yep. I'll come home and there'll be like a, uh, and who might have had one? What knows? An Otis Spunkmeyer blueberry muffin oh. sitting on the cabinet. I'm like, oh man, oh. that's my jam right there, dude. Uh, what I love about them is like they're they're so. I, moist there's no there other word to, a, to describe there has to be it a it's chemical in there that just is going to kill me one day because of how <laughs> moist they keep those muffins all right but, two uh, more questions yeah well no we have a lot more questions hmm? no oh yeah we do actually i'm sorry you're right yeah we're answering them all yeah so My bad. we're gonna we're gonna roll through these even though all right well here what would your dream and this is there the last is. one from find, josh yeah what would be your dream concert any band from any era AKA you can have Queen with Mercury. I'm gonna go with Queen with Mercury because that would be not only really cool to see, but I hate concerts. So yeah, like, sure. I gotta see something famous. So from any era, I kinda like what it's going like from there. Um throw me hotel books with Hawthorne Heights with Slipknot when they still had Joey and Paul just so I can see them once like that. Um and then throw me Lincoln Park with because uh, I never got to see oh, them. Oh yeah, that would be with, cool. with my boy still alive and, and singing in them and I get to see that nice big happy smile. Um and you know what? Limp Biscuit. And then, thankfully, I wouldn't have to worry Shout about that. Shout out to all you white trash people out there. <laughs> yeah, Limp Biscuit's great, though. That's just perfect concert energy. And then throw in Coheed and Cambria, and that'd be my sixth uh, stage lineup. There's other bands, but I want the, I like the amount of variance I have there. You know what? Throw Eminem as a... As a Throw him on there somewhere. I'd like to see. Some, I, I've never what seen a rap of, show. This sounds like a Super Bowl halftime I've never I've never seen a rap concert. And it's always perplex, perplexed me of like, I just watching it, which I feel that way about bands sometimes, but it's like watching it, I'm not picking it's up on the energy. It's a different kind of energy, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I need to see it in person. Like we were talking about with racing. It's like racing so different. What's yours? This happens. I, well, I pretty much agree with Queen, but when you said Lincoln Park, I was like, yeah, Lincoln Park. Okay, would be fair cool. enough. 
So people who died a little too young in there. And situation. Kiki already asked a question that has been answered for me. <laughs> Technically, it might have been answered for you too. What? Uh, what would be your wrestling entrance song? Yes. He says his would be Expander uh, from Streets of Rage 2. What would be yours? Smash Mouth. <laughs> All-Star. We did this, <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of in a sense. You're it was right. a boxing match, but yeah. Mine was the cover of... Uh, Weight of the World by Yu-Gi-Oh. No, mine was uh, the cover of Weight of the World by Scar Productions, um, and it's very good. S K A R Productions, uh, and it's so good. It's metal cover. It's what I came out to on our little video. Um, but you know what? I if I want to answer the question again, one of my favorite things about the old school, like I never really got super into wrestling, but you know, there's times where you just heard songs. And it's like something's cool about like the real chaotic, like classic metal. Like you remember when Stone Cold Steve Austin would come out, and I'm pretty sure it was him. And Disturbed had the break glass song that would play, where it starts with glass literally breaking, and it's just yeah. That's 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 I don't I don't know wrestling at all except for I barely watched it, but my stepbrother on Super Nintendo or. Nintendo CC4 that was a wrestling game. I'm not. It was a Smash versus something. Smash, okay. Smash versus Raw or something. I'm, Smash Down versus Raw, I think, yeah. Uh, something Smack like Down that. versus Raw? Something like that, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I played a couple of them on there too. Uh, but I do love that kind of spastic style metal. There's a band that I really like uh, that did a song. And, you know, it, it was technically, I think it was for USC instead of them. I'm not quite sure. But it was uh, Bullet With Your Name. And it wasn't from Nonpoint. It was uh, Scars of Life. But I have no anyway, idea. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I'll stick with the one I actually did, but I do like that style. Yeah. Okay, you get the next Our one. good Stefan, our good buddy Stefan comes out saying, out of these options, which PS title should Blue Point remake? Legend of Dragoon, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, Parasite Eve, or Dino Crisis? Bonus, choose one to be remade and the one game to be never played by anyone again. Okay. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to go with Legend of Dragoon on this one. Uh, I'm 100% going to probably piss somebody off of my answer for the one that never be played again. No, I would say Dino Crisis. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't give Dino a Crisis shit is fine. about Dino Crisis. Of those three games, yes. it is the worst. It is. It is by far. Especially, honestly, I had a hard enough time saying Legend of Dragoon versus Parasite Eve because I'm going to be honest here. I don't think Legend of Dragoon has a good story. It's not great. It's a, it's a product of its time. Yes. That's what and I was about to say. I actually think it's got a cool world, super cool lore. The characters are cool. The, characters the are combat cool. system is, is, I think, the first one that did the turn-based smash a button uh, for critical stuff uh, in its time era. I, yeah, I think like, it, was, it was definitely one of the earliest ones. But uh, um, I, I, I love the game, but I think you're right. Part of the reason I'd want it to be remade is, is I, I'd want potential. it to be... I want the story to be smoothed out. Uh, did you know that that game was, uh, was directed by Shuhei Yoshida? Actually, I did know that. Now you yeah. said that. I didn't at first. And I was like, no, I have heard that before. So, but and fun I love, facts I love for that. you PlayStation fans. I love that game. Honestly, though, I almost picked Parasite Eve instead of Parasite uh, Eve's got a really cool Dragoon. premise and, and a really a cool story, but the gameplay is really rough because it, it suffers from the same things as like the early Resident Evils to me, where the camera is just really hard to work around with what you're doing. Uh, I would want to see it remade in the in the vein of something like Resident Evil Two remake, where it's from the ground up and making the making the game play smoother. Yeah, I could see that. You know, without the... Because if I remember right, Parasite Eve 1, yeah, it, it had the locked cameras. 
It did. And yeah. it was like, I hate that. It was like Silent Hill 2. Yeah, I hate that. I can't stand Atlantis it. This is very similar to Silent Hill 2. That's <laughs> true. But uh, uh, but yeah. and Dino uh, Crisis can go away forever. Yeah, Dino Crisis can go away forever. Mine's Legend of Dragoon as well, just because I think that it's the one that only saw one entry and didn't get to go anywhere. Whereas the Legacy of Kane series, as much as I even love the Soul Reaver series, it's a series that went on a long time. And they even got a sequel. Legend of Dragoon never got anything. Yeah. But wasn't there... Never mind. I'm thinking of some other game. I'm not. I'm not thinking of Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve didn't have a sequel, did it? Yeah, Parasite Eve two, and then it had the third birthday on PSP. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm specifically thinking of Parasite Eve two. Dude, I, actually, I like, third birthday. It, it, it not the perfect game, but dude, for a PSP game, I enjoyed it. Wasn't there a Silent Hill collection on PSP too? Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. There was a Silent Hill game. I know that. Yeah, but, that was. Yeah, you know, there's actually a couple. Wasn't the game on Silent, on the PSP? Wasn't it a remake of two or like Origins, a, Silent Hill Origins was one yeah, of them. Yeah, okay. Uh, maybe it was the main character. I can't think of the main character's name from two now. The guy's name. But uh, anyways, Kiki says so. With rumors going around that Bully Two is coming in the future, are you guys worried that it will tank due to overly easily offended people blaming things on the game? No, Rockstar. Even if they did, Rockstar would not give two shits. That's what I was going to say. Is I, I like the question, and I get where he's kind of coming from, and I think that we're in a weird time period for content. But the thing about it is, I feel like every Rockstar game, maybe not Red Dead because it's it's way more grounded, and, and you're still doing bad things, but it's about being in a time period, and you're a character that's supposed to do bad things. You're a cowboy. It's a little more justified, whereas games like... They made Grand Theft Auto V not that... Well, I say not that long ago. It was 2013. Um, Man, time flies. But, you Six know, years ago. Even six years ago, and people are still... What I mean by that, here's the point. Grand Theft Auto V is still one of the best-selling games. So, obviously, that's a game that has a lot of crazy stuff going on into it. Uh, uh, tons of stuff that would offend people, yet people are buying it up still and it's hitting the top sales list constantly this long later on an entirely different system than what it originally launched on. I don't think that they have anything to worry about. I think you see more problems from smaller games that have a smaller base of people that would have already bought them, like we've seen recently with... Uh, Ion Fury or whatever. Um, those are the games that are going to have the most thing where Ion that little Fury. bit of up, uproar. 3D Realms published it. It's kind of like a old school um, Duke Nukem style shooter game. I think. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. But anyway, it's like uh, that, game. that game's been embroiled in some controversy over some jokes that are in the level design. I, I don't know the complete exact story, so please don't quote me on any of that. Um, but a game like that can see way more problems from people being offended because it's, it's already got a smaller base it's leading to, and then you can really divide that base quickly. Whereas I think things like Grand Theft Auto, uh, the, the precedent that the series have always set and what people expect from it is already over the top, uh, and Bully being the same, I don't think that they'd have to worry about it. Uh, kind of like I don't think Cyberpunk has to worry that much about even the little bit of backlash they were getting uh, against things like transphobia and whatnot. I don't think that they have to actually worry about that, primarily because... They have made themselves huge. They CD Project Red by a lot of people is starting to get on that rock star level where yeah. people are like, "Holy crap!" You know, gonna buy what well, they make no matter what. And they came out today saying that like, I think that you can have a your character to be non or genderless. Probably, I think is what came you're, out today. I mean, you know, you're half robot. You can kind of do whatever you want. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, I so, mean, you know, but. Either way, I, I I think no. I agree with Saul's that Rockstar is going to do what they want, and people are going to lap it up because people love Rockstar. They love yeah, what they do. They're, they're the perfect people in parody. Yeah, that's a fun sentence to say. Perfect people in parody. <laughs> All right, next one Last is from one. Josh Ayers. He says, "What seldom used feature of the PS4 do you love most?" That's a good question. 
And it, it's always sel- the same. It's What's always weird about the seldom same. used is who's using it, right? I think if it's coming from us, the seldom used, that's, that's still a favorite. Personal. So what's yours? It's the same one every time for any feature of the PS4. It's the app. It's oh, seldom yeah. used because you don't buy games weekly, right? You So every time, like yesterday, when I will say, though, they, they're slipping because now I have to use the web browser because for some reason, the app will not allow you to use only PayPal. It, it says you must check out in a web browser for this. And I don't because have, uh, I, I think I know and now the app should still be made to do it, but I think it's because it has to reroute into a PayPal thing. Yeah, but the app still, can't do it. It's, it's but I use the browser. But what it is is being able to purchase a game on my phone and download it from my phone. Yeah, no, I that's seldomly a great, use it because you know I don't buy games weekly anymore. But yeah, it's a convenience that I will. I wish every single system had every everything any ever to come out from here on out. I want it to download stuff while my system is technically off. Yeah. Well, and see, ironically enough, it's tied into something I really thought was cool about, regardless of how you feel about Need for Speed Heat past that, which, by the way, did you see that they made the joke on stage and it came up? The I said right now. I was like, at least they're making jokes. At it's their still own so defense. terrible. But oh my I appreciate that. It makes me cringe um, so hard. But I actually thought, dude, the idea of an app where you can sit there when you're in the doctor's office fucking around, you don't really want to play any games on your phone, but you're like, you know what I do want to do? I want to make a tight looking car for Need for Speed Heat and just go and load up and say, make the car completely, and then you just put show off and when you get home you you install it from the cloud that's an amazing idea and it's the same idea of when you're not even doing it like you can just be sitting in a doctor's office same same example and be like oh i need to buy remnant buy it download it bam i was at work yesterday i took my break and i was just like i'm gonna go ahead and buy remnant and it it really is a great great feature um but just to do something different from you and it gets weird because I want to know how much of a feature this really is and i'm sure the xbox has got it but you can tell me i'm probably more than i even know does Xbox have the feature for parties where you can bleed how much the party chat is versus the game chat. I don't, I don't, I've never seen it. Even when we used to play destiny and call of duty. I do not know. I don't think it does, but if, if it does, it's not easy to get to. I don't know because the last time I was in a party chat that wasn't like six years ago was on when we played sea of thieves and I adjusted everything on my yes. PC. Cause I had, it was on my PC yes. and I could do it there. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't even try to look, but yeah, that I do not know, but that is something really, really cool. That's Love not really that. seldom used for me though. I'm in chats a lot for destiny and stuff. I'm not in chats nearly as much as yeah, you. So, so that's for you. Makes, yeah. That's for you. It makes sense. But, and a feature that I don't actually use at all because, but I haven't had to yet is the full on system level button remapping. It's amazing. Even though it's not for me necessarily, yeah, it's a fantastic. It is feature. really cool to have that too. But I'm pretty sure every other. Pe- mm, excuse <laughs> me, yawning. I'm pretty sure every other manufacturer does that now, though. Maybe, but PlayStation was one of the first. I'm fairly positive because it was a big deal. People were like, "Whoa, this is interesting." Yeah. So, but thanks everybody way. for showing up for episode 17. And once again, hold like, on, we got to cry. This is the last episode. This of is the cry. We got to cry. We got to like. We got to go like uh, put on like comfy. We stuff love you guys, and we will see you next time. Film in front of a couch. But uh, thank you everybody for their support be for, for Reader Mail. This, yeah, you guys are going to see us at Dickish at Best, and you're going to see us on Triangle Squared. So, yeah, but we uh, will open this back up once again here soon, and hopefully you guys will still have interest to ask us questions. And once again, we always say that when you do see it open back up and you ask us questions, I don't care if you ask us like Josh did ten questions an episode or what. Just uh, make it make it clear on if you want to be quick fire or not, and we may have to come back depending on the questions we get. 
and maybe not do the questionnaire thing we do normally where we answer all we may have to go through and answer you know the first five from twitter first whatever it may be this is all up for discussion and uh due to change so whenever it comes back i'll probably we'll pro- we'll work more with the community see what you got yeah we'll work me. more since we'll still all be on limited times even though it's not as limited as now um but it'll be something that we'll have to work with and work with you guys too directly. So we want to make sure that that is something we can do. But uh, once again, thank you all for tuning into episode 17. We'll see you soon, hopefully. Soon. We'll see you on Triangle Squared proper. Yeah. Here's what really happens. What we should have done is, you know how superhero movies, they'll have like Spider-Man will return. We should have Rita Mill will return. Mm, <laughs> at, I can do that at in At least post. for one day. I wouldn't worry about it in post. Yeah. We'll throw it up true. live for patrons. But <laughs> something we could have thought about for a card on on a good old steam deck but yeah, thank you all fun. once again for questions and your time and uh we really really hope to see you back for episode 18 but of course you'll see our ugly mugs on triangle squared episode 128 yep 27 20 yeah 7. 127 there you go all right thanks guys thank you thanks to our patrons i still haven't fixed this list but i know the name thankfully dan barber josh Jarrell, matthew green my name is dan douglas below sean santarude Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Funk Turkey, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Blow, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and Dylan Kirby, even though it says Funk Turkey. If you'd like to support the shows in any way, go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nartech or click down in the link below, and we appreciate it so much, guys. Thanks.